God's plan is to make a cathedral of your soul. To make a temple out of you. God's house is supposed to be a place of prayer for all nations. You, you, you probably like most of us think, I don't feel very good at prayer, but God has perfectly designed you as a praying place. It is who you are and every bit of uh, imposter syndrome and guilt and shame or feebleness tries to convince us otherwise. But let me tell you something, you are awesome at prayer. Go on, say it to yourself. I'm awesome at prayer. I was made to pray. You know, a temple or a cathedral has a, an outer area where you, you mingle. And you know, we've all got our, our public life, our outer life. Even a Sunday morning, it's, a, it's the light end. If it was a swimming pool, we'd say it's the shallow end of our spirituality. Really, as you become mature, you'll realize Sunday is the shallow end, not the deep end. It's only the deep end when you start out. And as you go deeper into the temple, you know, in the temple, you've got the, the gates of thanksgiving, the courts of praise. Isn't it fun to praise God? Yeah. And as you go into the temple you're then met with things like the blood of the sacrifices and and the place to wash and to cleanse and you're going deeper into the things of God but you've not gone all the way into the things of God are you with me we're tracking a journey here we're going deeper into the temple deeper into the swimming pool I feel the spirit of God in the room so I'm going to push us a little deeper is that all right we're not here to play games so listen, our spirituality gets to the place where we'll, we'll wash and we'll cleanse and we'll remember the blood of Jesus. That's so vital, so powerful. But you know, then you go another layer deeper and you end up in a, in a smaller place where fewer go. Take note of that. And in that place, you'll get a table with some bread on it. It's called the bread of the presence. And you get a lamp and it'll be the light. And we come into the light of God's word and the lightness of his presence because presence literally means frivolous and light. It's the light end of God, his presence. But then there's another stage. Who wants to be made a cathedral for God that has a holy of holies in it? Do you know, do you know where the holy of holies is? I love the house where you live, O Lord, the Psalm says, the place where your glory dwells. 2 Corinthians 4 says that God has put the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ in our hearts. There's glory in you. Come on. Don't stick with the frivolous. I like to sing the songs. It's good. It's not bad. But there's, there's better. There's more. If you go right to the depth of what it is to know God, when you become a cathedral, a, a towering place of his presence with beautiful ceilings and windows that, that capture and, and shine out the wonder of God to all the world. Could we, could we have cathedral-sized souls on the landscape of Great Britain once again? Come on, how's about instead of little chapels, we become cathedrals on the landscape of Great Britain? Cathedral-sized souls that stand as great, great trophies to the wonder and the glory of God. From the outside, it just looks like songs and a little bit of friendliness, a little bit of kindness. But deep inside the soul is the glory of God. The place where, well, we 
we use the picture. There are angels flying, crying, holy, holy, holy. It's the place where God said to Moses, I will meet you there between the outstretched arms of the cherubim. Now, now, yes, we do meet God here in the singing and we do meet God here in the basics of washing ourselves of the dirtiness of, of the world and stuff that we do. Yes, we do meet God in his word and we do meet God in the wonder of the, the lightness and the approval of his presence. But come, come on with me, you're the SAS kind of church. He said, but I will meet truly. I'll meet you there, there, there and there because I'm omnipresent. But what I want to do is make a cathedral of you. I want to meet you there where the glory of God hangs in the heavens and you go, I found the glory of God in my heart. Do you know the Psalm, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Do you know where the secret place of the Most High God is? Deep inside. Not in the outerness of your body or the slight inner courts of your mind, but in the very depth of your spirit, the glory of God dwells. Do you know that a cathedral is the seat of authority for a bishop? Do you know who is the bishop and the overseer of your soul? He wants his seat, his throne deep in your heart people this morning I sense a spirit of worship in this place not simply the the spirit of praise or not simply the spirit of enjoying the revelation of the word not simply the the washing of ourselves from the stuff that we get wrong we need all of that but I sense the spirit of worship because you know the deeper you go in with God the simpler the songs become in the end it's just holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty the whole earth is full of his glory you get to the place where you want to be a living creature covered in eyes so that you can take in the glory of who he is that's what it means to be a cathedral with the glory of God at the center of your being you are a magnificent temple a glorious temple most of us don't even fully understand what we've been made to be we're still out in the courts washing away the shame he says but listen Romans 8 says those he justified in those courts he will glorify if you get the full inner you, you will see the glory of God shining on your face if we grasp the wonder of who he is I sense a spirit of worship in this place and I, I want to it's a hard thing to do on a Sunday morning but I want to push you to come deeper into the Holy of Holies with me. Can we just let some worship loose in this place? Just cry, holy, 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 sing Jesus, sing in tongues, groan, sigh, whatever. Go on, let your worship go for a while. You're a cathedral filled with the sounds of worship, filled with the sounds of heaven, filled with the glory of God. You were made for glory to fill you, to glory to fill you.
holy, holy, holy. We focus ourselves on you. Step out of the courts, through the holy place, through the veil of who you are, into the most holy place. Holy, 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 holy. Jesus, where you stand or sit right now, allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. He helps us in our weakness in prayer. It means he literally comes and stands alongside you. Right now, allow the Holy Spirit to stand alongside you. Imagine putting his arms around you and lifting you. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Lord God, teach us to pray. 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 Jesus. Just to pray. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We love you. His presence is here. His presence is here. God, make a cathedral of our souls. A place where the Most High dwells. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Take a seat for a moment in the presence of God, Laura. Just keep playing. This is supposed to be one of those mornings where, you know, we do a little bit of worship and a bit of a preach and then let the guests go. We've been, well, we've done this once before, but we're giving a bit more time to prayer. It's one of those mornings and uh, it's a little bit mucked up already. Is that all right? Do you mind me keeping my jacket on? At least I've taken my scarf off. We, we can't control the heating in this room. Yeah, don't, don't, don't look at me like that. Yeah, I don't know why either. Trust me. God wants your soul to be like a cathedral. So often I think we're deceived into the feeling that we're very, very small. But actually, the human soul is so much bigger than the human body. I, I'm not trying to describe that scientifically. Remember, Smith Wigglesworth used to say, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than the outside. And you know it really, if you think about it, you, you are so much more than the, you know, five foot two, eight stone, I'm trying to be complimentary, um, people that we see before us. You are, you are, an encyclopedia of dreams and experiences. You have more stories than we could scribble on your body. Do you know what I mean? You are bigger than who you really are. And if we could grasp that God has said to us, I want you to be my temple, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we grasp the enormity of that, that just like the temple has an outer court and, 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 and um, a holy place and a most holy place, if you notice that you are body, soul and spirit as well, 
and that you have an outer world and a kind of a middling world of thought and logic, but then there's something so much deeper that that not everybody has learned to access because certainly our Western education won't teach you how to access this. Perhaps the artistic and the creative go a little bit way there because they know there's something that's beyond logic inside of you. A place that can flow and that can come up with ideas and have thoughts and have wonderings that you can't even understand. But then when I add God to that room of your life, your spirit goes from dead to alive. Dead doesn't mean non-existent, it means not in connection with God. But when it comes alive, it's as though God puts his bishop's throne in the spirit of who you are. And the bishop is there to teach, to counsel, to sanctify and to, and to rule. Bishops were much more powerful in days gone by. And we'll not go into the goodness or the badness of that, but let's just work with the picture. God wants to put his throne in the very core of your being. That's why you were designed at highest for prayer and worship more than anything else. Because it means that you're not living merely in the outward service of what good things could I do for God and a little bit of, well, I've got a bit of basic knowledge of the Bible and my sins are washed away. But actually, I'm living from the very core of my being. I've, I've found God. He's put his glory in my heart, 2 Corinthians 4 tells us. And when we learn to live and pray out of that glory. That glory in the picture of the temple was the place where Moses met God. Do you know how you and I meet God face to face? Somehow in here. You know, there's, there's something that we almost can't do on a Sunday morning. You have to somehow be on your own. We can, we, we can only go so far in this room with a couple of hundred of us, few hundred of us. There's something that only you can go. I am going to close the door. I'm going to close the physical door on the world as Jesus taught us to do when we were praying. But I'm going to close the door on distraction. I'm going to close my eyes to social media and television. I'm going to close my interest and my distractions. I'm going to shut down from all the stimulus of the world. I'm not just in a courtyard that thinks a bit about God. I'm now going into picture of the tabernacle or the temple. I'm going into an inner room that is dark except for a few spiritual lights and at some point believer you need to pick maturity I'm going to learn that it, I'm not living merely off external stimulus even my bible reading plan which is really really good must thrust me deeper into presence and encounter not merely mind information I must go deeper. So close your eyes with me this morning. Work with me. Nothing embarrassing. Just shut your eyes. That's, that's one of the doors that you shut. That's why we close our eyes when we pray. We're recognizing I'm engaging with God who is inside me. I'm going to go find the streams of living water that flow from within. I'm using lots of different pictures but Jesus did so let's go with it and I want you to imagine your inner life as a soaring cathedral God's in there working away to make a praying being of you and he's washing away stains of poor thinking and he's hammering away 
inconsistencies and things that need correcting. And in his love, he's building a temple out of your soul so that he can come and live in it. And I want you to see right in the innermost part of that temple called your spirit, in the temple called the most holy place, is the glory of God. It's not your glory, but in John 17, he says, I've given them the glory that you gave me. Jesus put his glory in your soul. Wow. There's something divine in you. Now I want you to know from that innermost place in your being, God says, I will meet you there in the quietness of the secret place of the Most High God. I'll speak to you. I'll whisper. I'll release authority to you. I'll solve problems for you. The voice of God hangs between the cherubim, shining with strength. And while the presence speaks of lightness, the glory speaks of weight, the full weight of heaven, the authority of God is resting deep in your spirit. Now that, if you've caught it, that innermost place is the secret place. It's the place of prayer. And all the stimulus of the world is washed away. There's a still, small voice deep inside you. want to go deeper into you than ever before. Deeper into the knowledge of you. We thank you that your blood has made a way to your throne.
Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Jesus. 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 God, make into a time of prayer if you're a guest or you've, you've brought guests this morning and you don't want to pray with us because we were going to go into a, a time of proper prayer if that's too much for you tea and coffee will be available in the foyer and um, so as we stand and pray just feel free Go and have a coffee. There'll be people at the I Said Yes stand to chat with you if you want that too. Um, but I want what I want us to do as a family, we are in a season. I've done nothing that I was planning to do this morning. Is that okay? So we're just rolling with it. So this would have been a clearer presentation, but we're not, not doing that now. Um, it's funny, when 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 we when we walked in and we have a little prayer time with with the host and with the worship team. You know, sometimes we pray and we stand there and we, we pray through stuff and that's all all good. Um, but there are, in fact, Sam, do pop up my, my thing if you would. Um, there was just such an updraft of worship. Do you know what I mean? When you just go, whoa, it just flows with ease. And I just feel we need to worship over some stuff this morning. And I, I shared this um, what happens in the heavens when we worship and this is this is John in the book of Revelation after this Revelation 4 I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it day and night they never stopped saying the living creatures that is holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come and it's this point whenever the living creatures sang that song or said that phrase and gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever the 24 elders so there were other thrones fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and they lay their crowns before the throne something happens when we when we worship with passion that other thrones bow down before the throne of God. And it's been really, I know two weeks ago we did this and we gave 20 minutes, half an hour to praying in the last half hour of the service and the amount of testimonies that have come out of that time. Uh, there is something powerful when we engage maturely and pray fiercely. Something takes place, it shifts things. And uh, I feel we need to stick in this season of giving time to a deeper level of prayer. I know we could call or try to call everyone out on a Thursday night and be happy that 60 or 80 have turned up. In fact, I'd be over the moon on a Thursday night. 
But here we got two or three hundred of us as a family. We can go for it. Amen. And um, which is why I say if, if guests want to go and have a coffee while we behave like church, because I know pe- people think that church is all tidy and nice, but in the book of Acts, they raised their voices together and they cried out to God and incredible things happened. And that's what we're, we're going to do together. Um, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship God because I feel that the Holy Spirit is here to lift us in worship and do some things in the heavenlies. And it shifts stuff. Um, something happened when Paul and Silas worshipped in that prison in Acts chapter 16. Go read it. God came when they worshipped. Jonah, he was stuck in a fish, but the moment he worshipped, the fish had to spit him out. Have you got some situations that you need spitting out from? Well, stop whinging, which is where he'd started and start praising and bad circumstances go, oh, we can't be having that, right, spit you out. All through the pages of the Bible again and again, you know it, um, but I'm reinforcing it. Worship does something in the heavens. Those who are sick find their healing. Those who are in bondage find their freedom. Those in depression find their release. Something happens. But then there's another dynamic I want to add to that. And in order for you to catch this so that we can do this together, do you know worship doesn't come just from our minds, it comes from our spirits. That innermost place in the temple of who you are bursts forth, I'm using all the different pictures together, with a stream of worship that's beyond mere song singing. Anybody know what I mean? Something happens when we get lifted by the Spirit and we allow Him to worship through us. Philippians 3.3 says that we worship by the Holy Spirit and we go into realms and places that's more than just our logical mind. As we surrender, I know sometimes in worship we can kind of stand there experiencing worship or we can even stand there critiquing worship, but it doesn't mean we've worshipped. When we give ourselves to a flow of worship like a river and say, we're just going to give ourselves to you, God. Can I encourage you for the next 20 minutes? Don't be thinking, I wonder what we're doing next. I want you to shut the door down of outward distraction. Work with me because you'll catch something if you do. Okay, I've been doing this 30 years. I know what I'm doing with this. Right? You'll catch something that will transform your prayer life if you learn what it is to pray in the spirit rather than just from the mind. Your mind engages alongside it. And then there's another realm that happens where we get lifted by God. Some, some uh, uh, Salvation Army, in the Salvation Army era when it really was a revival and God was moving powerfully. There were some new Sally Army people in France. They were really struggling. So they wrote to William Booth, their founder. They said, you know, um, we, they sent him a telegraph. It was those days and said, you know, we don't know what to do. Nothing's happening over here. What should we do in order to reach people? No one is getting saved. And uh, they waited a long time for William Booth to reply. Then eventually, six weeks, two months later, they got a telegram. They were thinking, well, what's it going to say? What evangelism strategy should we use? What is it that's going to take us to that higher level? What's this general going to say to help us break through and bring transformation in France? And the telegram came through and they opened it. It had two words on it. It said, try tears. And the Bible says that Jesus cried with groans and tears and was heard because of his reverent submission. There's a level above just praying through our list of needs, although it's good to do that. It's not bad at all. There's a level where we give ourselves right down to the very core of our innermost being to say, God, I need you to move, whether it's in our nation, 
whether it's over the state of the country, whether it's about viruses, whether it's about things that you're facing. We need to pray, but we need to pray properly. Amen. Uh, I, I don't believe this church just stops at Sunday school level teaching. Even on a Sunday, we're going to be the place that knows what the deep end is at times. All right. We've got to do that sensitively. But um, so if you've never been in a prayer meeting like this, you're, you're a guest or you've not been around long, hang around. You don't, you're not going to be manipulated into doing anything. You can just watch. But as you watch, I would encourage you this. Feel the atmosphere. See the passion on faces. When Hannah was longing for a child, she looked drunk with longing. So much so that the priest said, what, what are you doing coming to church drunk? She said, I'm not drunk. My heart is broken and I'm asking for a child. God gave her a child. Sometimes we have to be so taken up with the prayer that we get taken into the very heavens. Are you with me? So I just believe there's an updraft of the Spirit of God here. There's a breath of God for worship and prayer this morning. And we're going to worship so that every throne bows down before God. Every situation you face. And we're going to pray captivated by the Spirit of God. Work with me. I know, I know what happens in a, in, in a church service like this. Everything in our flesh wants to fight and move of the Spirit. I mean, me too. You've got to understand, as a pastor, I hardly ever feel like coming to church on a Sunday morning. But I have two advantages over you. One is I've done it long enough to know that I feel better after than before. And the second one is I'm paid, so, you know, I'm turning up here, right? But at least you can work on the first one. I know what it is to step out of the flesh into the spirit and have your prayer life can be transformed for this whole week if you give me 20 minutes of your time. Amen.